They say love is patient, they say love is kind Marriage on the other hand takes those things plus wide Spousing is a journey, not for the faint of heart Being married to a human is a science and an art Hi Lauren! Hey Katie! Episode 2! Episode Two. You know this what? A, First a is the worst. Episode. Second <laughs> is the best. Next one, we're going to have a hairy chest. Oh, I thought it was wedding dress. What? That would be a lot more fitting in general. Although you know I love a hairy chest. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's... Huh. Maybe I made that I didn't up. know. I think I'm probably wrong there. Anyway, it's a very I, special episode today. You know what? I bet it's regional. I bet some people get wedding dresses, some people get hairy mm. chests. Do you say Coke or Pop? Coke. Or soda. Well, soda. It's soda yeah. if it's like a soda. Yeah. But like Coke if it's specifically Coke. Yeah. What do you say? Me too. A soda. We're, from, we're both from Virginia. It's not yeah. regional. <laughs> yeah. But there's regional differences even between, you know, culture, awesome. man. Yeah. Culture. Culture. Um, okay. So try three on saying this. It's a very special episode. Why is it special today, Lauren? Today we are talking about in-laws... Your in-laws, your outlaws, your bylaws, <laughs> your just general laws. Yeah, it's 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 a legal situation. <laughs> um, also, a love situation if you're lucky, but mostly a legal situation. Yeah, yeah, laws. yeah. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, it's so true. Well, we have a lot to say about that, but we sure um, do. How are you doing? I'm doing well. It's uh, as I was we discussed last podcast. I'm a teacher, and this is Halloween week that we're recording. So um, this is a very difficult week for teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, a moment of silence for all the other teachers out there who had to teach today. Yeah, including my husband, who is literally lying in fetal position in the bedroom right now. Your poor, sweet husband. Thank God for your guidance. He didn't know that Halloween, the day after Halloween, was the reason. He didn't know until you told him. I am not kidding. I really did used to take this day off. Everybody Mm -hmm. stayed up too late. They ate too much candy. They're cranky. Mm -hmm. It's not not a good situation. Yeah, but so school's a little tense. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And it's also, on top of that, it's book fair week at our school, which is like another layer of just like how much insane excitement can we pack into these kids' lives. And they're just, they're going to explode. Book fair week is truly my most vivid memory of elementary school. It's, I, I agree. I don't think I ever even got a book. I just like looked at them and smelled them and circled them in the catalog. Scholastic, mm-hmm. man. Blowing minds. I know. I think my mom, I think it was one of those things my mom would, was like, yeah, well, it supports the schools. And I, and we were all big readers. So like whatever we wanted from the book fair, we got. Although mm. never like the toys and stuff. Just like the actual mm. like books. Yeah, real books. Yeah. Yeah, what's the point? Of, like, I hate that Barnes & Noble has like a toy section. What's that yeah, about? It's like, come on. You yeah, don't need toys. You can have books. Yeah. You can play Gosh. with the wrappers of the books. Yeah, play with the wrappers of the books. We're just play in your jackets? imagination, children. Yeah, yeah right? Book jackets, not book <laughs> no, I think it's wrappers. <laughs> I, think we're, I think you're wrong well, about that. You're the elementary ed specialist. Yeah, here, so I, I would know. I would know. <laughs> uh, so school. It's regional. Excuse me. Yeah, it's regional. <laughs> How's personal life? It's good. It's good. We um, recently made the move from Northern Virginia down to Virginia Beach, and we were just talking the other today, earlier today, about how just the sheer amount of time that we have now that we didn't have before, which is still not like a ton of time, but it's just been really good, like marriage stuff. Of course, there's like wins and losses, you know? 
Yeah. Which, yeah. does that remind you of something? Is that a good segue? Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, What's going on with you guys this week? Wins? Losses? Well, so, uh, generally the week has been... It's been actually a good week. I can, like, brag on Mark for a second. Last week, um, on the last podcast, I talked about the paper, capital T, capital P. Oh, capital T, capital P, paper. I I truly can't roll my eyes high enough. Like, I can't roll my eyes hard enough about this paper. It's been since August. He's had the assignment. It's been, there's been blood, sweat, and tears. Um, Paper was submitted on Saturday evening after a grueling day. I know, round of applause. Yeah. Um, And then he got a, he got a A plus on it. Hell yeah, he did. So after a tense week last week, it's been a much relieving week. Um, You feel like you can breathe. Yeah, we're waiting on some other news related to Mark's job, and that's also a little tense, but otherwise things are really good. I've got a super delicious beer in my hand from uh, Licking Hole Creek, which I have, which is, <laughs> I know, I it don't know. always, every time, always gets me. The creek is actually named Licking Hole Creek, but it's just, yeah, Mark made a couple jokes about it. You can't not make a joke about it. I know, right? Uh, yeah. And if you can not make a joke about that, then I probably don't want to hang out with you. That's true. That's true. Well, you might, like, know that that's a special because I live in Pennsylvania, and finding any type of local beer, especially a small craft brewery up here, is so rare, so I feel very hashtag blessed right now. Hashtag blessed. Yeah. Yes. And it's a strong beer. It's a 9%, so oh, that's let's get wild. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Woo! Thursday well, night, podcasting. Yeah, exactly. It's It's... Thursday, well, Thursday. Isn't that what we used to call it in our youth? <laughs> yes, I know. I know. Well, and before you go on to your um, wins and losses, I want to tell you about my beverage. This is a beverage podcast, right? Where we talk about what beverages we're drinking and how we're drinking them. Oh, yeah. Until it's okay. a problem, we drink. <laughs> I, I'll tell you when I quit, but it's not today. No, no, no. Um, so last night we made um, mulled wine, which, okay. So the marriage minute Instagram. last week. Yes. The marriage minute last week was like, saying about um, having traditions for each holiday. And so I decided that mulled wine should be a Halloween thing. And pause real quick. Throw yes. to last episode talking about meaning making. All right. Oh, pause. yes. Uh, re- play? Is that this day? Is that pause? Um, yes. <laughs> yes so, <laughs> so that's what I, I'm currently drinking, uh, mulled wine, which my lovely wife brought to me in a cup. And then she was like, here you go. And I said, great. And then I took a sip of it and I was like, not not warm enough and so she had like stomped back downstairs to like go wow. heat it up you're yeah. a to choose her girl i know and yeah she made some comments about my whims <laughs> and yet she was at the mercy of them so i know she's just such a good wife she is a good wife listen i take care of a lot of her whims too that's truth so truth mm-hmm. that is okay. very very true so Tell me about your wins. Tell me about your losses. Tell me about the in-betweens. Okay. So this is a big global win in our relationship, but it has come to the forefront because, Lauren, do you know what next Tuesday is? Oh, I do I ever. Yeah. What's next Tuesday? Uh, it's election day. It's election day. This will probably very likely come out, at, in fact, definitely come out after election day yeah but um it's i hope that everybody that's listening to this voted because that's extremely important uh so this is on my mind this week because or this this win i have a win right now um because it's on my mind um because of you know the election situation so you may know um that 
when I first met Mark, one of the first things that I knew about him, I met Mark in 2012. And one of the first things that I knew about Mark was that he voted for Mitt Romney. Um, I met him and uh, we started dating in the end of November of 2012. So the election had just happened. Now I was like, this is a, a, a golden era of smugness um, and peace in my little yeah. liberal heart yeah. back in the Obama days. Um, and so I was very able to be like, you know, um, a gracious winner and say like, you know, whatever and put that aside. Um, also, I knew that Mark had voted for Mitt Romney, but the reason that I knew is because we followed each other on Twitter um, and I saw that his tweet about it was so my guy lost but i i wish obama the best and i and i like i am really supporting him in hopes that he, and i hope that he does well in office Mark. it was so gracious and so wonderful yeah yeah and also he had a really we had a mutual friend um at work who was like a lefty lefty like me and she was like i promise he's not scary like give him a chance so we met and he knew like when he met me i had i had political shit like i'm a political person i am i don't think i don't think a radical liberal would call me a radical but i think that a lot of people in my life would probably say that i am um strongly left-leaning yeah so anyway he has put up with me for the past you know how six years that we've been together and my win is that we have done a really good job, I think, navigating politics in our relationship. Um, I tend to be really emotional about politics um, because to me, the way that I vote is my values. And I am, I'm a social worker that is um, strongly rooted in social justice, I would say, is my approach to my my job. In fact, like I think that I think that I got into social work because of my belief in social justice and policy to begin with. So that is a huge, huge part of who I am. Politics is not a huge part of who Mark is at all. Um, however, he has always been much, much more conservative than me. Um, I would never describe him as being like, um, like right wing, but he's much more moderate conservative than me i have noticed that over the years he has mellowed me out and by that i mean i am no less convicted in my beliefs but like his patience with me and his willingness to listen to my opinions and validate my feelings around my opinions has made me a lot less emotional when i talk about it and i don't think that there's anything wrong with being emotional i think that one can be logical and emotional at the same time but he's mellowed me way out and i think he has also been so open-minded and listened so well to the things that i have to say um that we've just been able to have really even when we disagree really constructive conversations around it this is also like a little bit more of a win for mark than for me but Mark, I think, knows that his emotions are less wrapped up in politics than mine are. And so when we're talking about something that even if he disagrees with me on, he doesn't feel the need to push back on me because he just his emotions aren't as strong about it as me. Like he might have his feelings about it, but he is not going to be heartbroken if I have a different opinion, whereas, you know, I might be. So yeah. I'm feeling really. And then this weekend we had a really good conversation about it because we were at a um, we were at a bar at nine o'clock in the morning on Sunday because the Eagles <laughs> were playing in London, um, and they won. Woo, go Eagles, go! They, wait, um, they play internationally? Yeah, it's complicated. It's a I it's a whole 
I'll teach you about football in another episode. Yeah. Um, It's, yeah, it's basically, it boils down to capitalism. That's all I have to say. (laughs) Uh, That's all I can tell you about that. So as we're in the bar and they have like the, all the TVs in front of the bar and then behind us they have, so the TVs in front of the bar are like all the pregame shows and I'm nursing a Bloody Mary watching the pregame. And then behind the bar is, they're playing Fox News. And what they're talking about is, is Trump actually respond? Like, can you actually link Trump's um, Trump's rhetoric to the shootings in Pittsburgh? And I am like, you know, triggered um, because obviously you can, and yes. I, I don't think it's even worthy of a conversation. And I hate right. that it's on. I hate that they're on Fox News talking about it. And I'm distracted because every time I look at Mark, the TV is right behind him, and I'm just really, you know, I'm distracted by it. And he just did such a good job of like chilling me out and focusing me on the moment. And he was like is this productive right now? You getting upset about this? Like, what are you doing right now? Like, you're already upset. Nothing here is going to change your opinion or anybody else's. All you're going to do is talk loudly and piss somebody off in the bar when all of us are here to watch the birds together. Like, calm down. So, and I was able to hear him, whereas I don't know if I would be able to hear other people if they talked to me like that. And so there's something that we've done that has been able, and that's a big deal for me, you know? That's huge. It's rare that I'm able to constructively engage with, yeah. and, and I mean engage with people who don't always share my opinions on things. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I think that's and huge. I, and I have caveat here, Mark didn't vote for Trump, so that's yeah, a big deal yeah. to me. Yes. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. There's things that would be, <laughs> there's differences of opinion and then there's deal breakers. Yeah. Um, well, we talked about that over, we talked about that too, where I, I was telling him like, I think I said something to him like, thank you for calming me down. Like, you're right. I don't want to get wound up right now. I want to have a good time. And he said, you know, there's some couples that have to go to couples therapy because of this. And I'm, as somebody who has provided couples therapy, I'm not afraid of that at all, but yeah. I'm happy that our political opinions haven't driven us to that level of tension where we need to seek a mediator. Yeah. And, but then I did ask, I was like, do you think that we would be in a different situation if you had voted for Trump? And you know, yeah. I think we, I think we might be, I mean, you it might I, be. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think also I've been thinking a lot about how there are things that your partner can say to you and can address with you because there's just such a different, um, it means to an end. So the reason that they're they're giving you that information is like is much more deeply rooted in like I truly care about you and I truly so I can interpret a lot of things Caitlin could say to me in a in a much more level headed tone and like it absorb them much more readily than I would be from someone else because there's just not that base layer of trust, that deep yeah. base layer that comes from marriage. That's that is so, so true. I like that is a new revelation in my life that the attachment that you have to your partner, you need to have, in order to have these, I'm about to get clinical here, in order to have these emotionally dangerous conversations, you need to have an extremely secure attachment to your partner. Oh, so yeah. So that you know that you can go there and then return, like, bounce back immediately if you have to. Yeah, yeah. No, Caitlin and I had a good conversation one time about, in the queer community, there's, like, a reason that, like, the lesbian U-Hauling thing is so, like, a, such a prevalent joke is be- it, because it happens very frequently. Like, if you're, you know, in inside the queer community, you you see it a lot, that people just move very quickly. They move right Right in with each other. Yeah, stereotypes and then, are oftentimes, you know, based in some reality. Right, exactly. And and we were started talking about the you know the people that we that we love that or know that or have heard of that that move very quickly in relationships and sometimes they get into really it it seems like they're getting into really dangerous um, topics too early on in the relationship because you don't have that. 
that trust and then you're you know moving ahead and all of a sudden it, you it's like not it's like not stopping to check to make sure that the bridge has been built before you cross it you yeah, know that's really true although i don't know you know 2012 katie there was some what do you think about this was it me that was different in 2012 that i was willing to go on a date with mark knowing before we went on a date that he had voted for mitt romney or was Mitt Romney different than Donald Trump? Like, I would never go on a date with somebody today that voted for Donald Trump. Like, what I was truly different? Believe was I that's different, different or was Romney different? Well, I don't think, I, I don't, I think they're, I think both. But I think the bigger factor is, like, I absolutely could go on a date with somebody that voted for Mitt Romney. Like, for, like, I mean, it would be difficult and it would definitely be a factor. But it, it's like, it's like, uh. Okay, so my dad is a longtime Republican. He is a 30-year Navy vet. Yeah, same. We're definitely in the same boat on that one. Um, but he he is somebody that I have always trusted and will go to if I if I have a question about something that just is. It seems very, like, like if I ever feel like there's something that that does that seems like it doesn't have any basis in facts or reality that I'm hearing from like Fox News or whatever that I, I'll go and ask him about it. And he is usually the only person that I can really that can I really hear. Yeah. on that and that topic but even no, my dad i don't know on that <laughs> my dad is like it's my house i can believe whatever i want i don't have to explain myself to you and your dad yeah. seems like willing to engage <laughs> yeah i mean he although hmm, that's we could have a whole episode about this in the past that has certainly been the case i think that and and he might i, I don't know i will not ask if he voted for trump or not because i don't want to know yeah um but I do know that he actively does not believe that he's a, a capable leader, that he, like, all of the things that he believes. I And even during the election, I know he felt like he got shoved in a space where he had to either, like, give up his morals and or, like, his his political his beliefs, his yeah. values, and vote for, vote for somebody that he didn't agree with, or he had to vote for this person who is an insane megalomaniac, you know? Yeah. So, I don't, you know, I don't know what he did, and again, don't want to, um, but it's been... I think it's a, I, there's a difference between people who voted for Mitt Romney and people who voted for Donald Trump. Yeah. So, uh, to me, I, and I think to me the difference is, the difference is in the candidate and in like good faith versus, versus bad faith. Do I like anything about Mitt Romney? Not particularly. I think he's very good looking. That's what yeah, I was going to say. He's got a nice jawline. He's, he's a babe. <laughs> his hair is luxurious. Yes. And his sons are also babes. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a funny, I'm, I'm watching New Girl right now, and there's Me too! Funny, are you? That's yes! That's so funny. I've never watched it before. Oh, it's very funny. I tried to watch it when it first came out, and I was, like, not impressed by Zoe Deschanel, because I was, like, in my, uh, like, Manic Pixie Dream Girls, a stupid trope phase, but yeah. I actually think that Jess is a little bit more complex than I was giving her credit for, and yeah. also, I'm on the episode where Schmidt pretends to be a son Tug of Romney. Romney. Yes, uh-huh. Tug. Yeah, I just watched that the other day. Yeah. yeah, that's so funny. I watched it today. We're synced up. He's so, so synced up. Yeah, to me, it's a difference between good faith and bad faith. Like, if you can see that somebody is a bad faith actor, yeah, and you're still, yes, and you're yes. still gonna vote for them. Yes, like, I you're very right about that. Everything about Mitt Romney, but do I think he was running in good faith and that really he wanted to do what was best for this country? I do. I really do. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I do too. Even though I disagree with him on that. Mm-hmm. But. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's my that's my win. Mark and I have done a really good job of both of us chilling and coming closer to each other and talking about things that like we figured out a way to talk about it. So I think that that's a huge win, especially absolutely because some people are breaking up with people over that. So. Yeah. Uh huh. I yeah. think that it, that's a huge win, and that and that transcends like the bounds of politics, and and it gets into other difficult conversations when you're you and your partner can 
can talk and have a very meaningful civil conversation about difficult things. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is, I think that's the difference mm-hmm. between couples who can stay together and couples who can't. Right. And you know what? There are more, I don't know if I would have said this a year ago, and, and I recognize that I'm saying this from a place of privilege, but there are more important things than politics. And like, my marriage will always be more important than politics. Always. Yeah. Always. And I think that's true to a, to a degree. Actively, until Mark is actively doing something to hurt people. Like, and right. I, I and think I think that that's Trump the is, thing. Voting for Trump is actively hurting people. I do, yeah, I do feel like there has been a change in, and and also speaking from, you know, just my own lens, like, I know, to me, it's not just politics, and so that, like, I understand why people, it's one thing if you're talking about taxes, like, I get it, and you can disagree on it, and, and I can disagree with you on it, and be, and that's what I felt more, you know, but then when you get into people's livelihoods, and families being separated, and all those things, it's just like, that's a values thing, not just politics, you know? Well, that's true, and that, I think, once you ask the why under that, like, we were just talking about I'm briefly going to say this because I don't want to spend too much time on this, but this was the conversation in our group supervision at work yesterday because as a therapist, you often are supervising other therapists and like making sure to check each other and like keep each other updated on research and bouncing cases off one another, stuff like that. And yesterday the conversation was how it was like in the wake. Obviously I live in Pennsylvania and we have a lot of people here that were affected by um, the shooting in, in Pittsburgh, at the synagogue in Pittsburgh. And we were talking about how we deal with our patients who are super, like, conspiracy theory focused or racist. We have a lot of, um, we have a lot of medical students, because I work in a, um, at a teaching hospital, and we have a lot of medical students who are um, from other countries who came to this country to, to practice medicine. And so you encounter a lot of racism. And how do you deal with that? And the way that I deal with that with my patients is by asking, what is under that? Like, okay, you, so let's say you don't like our, you know, Pakistani resident and you are saying something terrible and racist about our Pakistani resident. What's under that? And once I figure out what's going on under that, I'm often able to soften and I might not choose to date or or be in a relationship with that person, um, but I can at least see what's going on with that. And so I think that anyway, from a therapist perspective, that's kind of what I do, but in a relationship, what's under your politics says something about your values, I think. And like for Mark, once he, once you get under it, his values are aligned with mine and that's, that's it. That's what it comes down to. Right. That's it. Mm -hmm. So he is, he's horrified by the things that horrify me and and that's period. That's it. So that's it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so what about you, girl? Win or loss? All right, well, it's a real left turn because uh, it's a much narrower context. But, okay, so what we were – so it's important to note that my undergraduate degree is in film and theater, and I am a huge, like, lover of media. I love, like, uh, movies and books and um, TV shows and all these things. And, um, and so I – and I, one of the things, and Caitlin, my lovely wife, does not love those things as much and um, has struggles and she likes, <laughs> she has a very like specific type of film that she likes because she's a very, she's a highly sensitive person. And so things really like take a toll on her. She is. For instance, There's spoilers. There's those people, by the way, highly sensitive. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. I know it. Mm-hmm. Um, and highly sensitive students as well. Um, mm-hmm. And so we were, um, actually when we were getting ready to finish up our wedding registry, we um, went to go see La La Land, which spoilers for La La Land, they don't end up together in the end. And Caitlin, oh, like, oh, I haven't seen 
La La Land. So uh, that, well. That's my fault. <laughs> yeah, that, that's on you. It's she also not. didn't win the Oscar, Oscar like two years ago. So. Yeah, right. I, I think spoilers have like a, a time cap. <laughs> like, <laughs> but I anyway. Mean, don't get she, upset if we spoil Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. So she, well, I would never spoil Harry Potter though because that's generational. Oh, you know, really, really good point. But yeah. don't get upset if I spoil Get Out. Yes, Did exactly. You see Get Out, by the way. No, I've, it's on my list because my lovely wife is not a movie person and is certainly not a scary movie person. So anyway, so all of this to say, okay, go ahead. All of this to say, she likes movies that have happy endings, and so in general, I don't get to see a lot of the things that I want to see because I know they'll have a very profound impact. And so, like, in, in the emotional negative sense, in the negative emotional sense. And so she asked if we could go see the new Queen movie that's coming out. And I was like, I of course. this movie. Like, Queen, like the band? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. About Freddie Mercury, all kinds of, t- we, all kinds of, um, does she uh, not know how this ends? Oh, she does. And she's okay. been, oh my God, we've been crying. She, like, we literally, every time I walk into the house lately, she's been listening to Queen, and then she's like, sing along happy, and then she always turns at me, and there's like, always like, eyes brimming with tears, and goes, I just, it's so sad that he died. Oh my God, that's how I feel every time that I listen to the cast recording of The Lion King. What? Yeah, do you have you do you listen to the cast recording of The Lion King ever? You're talking about the Broadway or the Disney? The Broadway. I mean, they're both Disney, but right, the Broadway. The guy who plays Simba, um, singing um, when he's singing the song about I know that the um, sun must rise or like the night must end and the sun must rise or whatever, and it's like about like the do- the dark feelings ending and like yeah, he died by suicide. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I feel that same way. It's hard to okay. Go ahead. That's, yeah. Dark well, yeah. Is. Yeah, it is dark. And, like, <laughs> and that's the same with, anyway, this, the, let me tell the story in a, a boiled down format. Okay. I like movies. She doesn't. She wants to see a movie, and I was like, and she, she, I was like, sure, we can go see it. That'd be great. And I was like, had a moment of pouting, and I was like, how come when you want to see a movie, we get to go see it? But when I want to see a movie, we don't get to go see it, because the last movie we actually went to see, I'm pretty sure, was Hidden Figures, which was excellent, but it was also, like, two years ago. So, like, wow, yeah. I'm so sorry. I know. It's just... <laughs> No, that's not true. We took, so we saw that Amy Schumer movie in the in the interim, which was also Caitlin's choice. Um, but oh, I actually heard that wasn't bad. Actually, it wasn't. I have lots of thoughts on it. Okay, it was no, very prescriptive. Yeah. So anyway, we. I was like, "How come I never get to pick the movies?" And she looks like she's doing something. She stops and like turns at me, looks at me, and goes, "It's like dessert." And I was like, "Oh my gosh, she's exactly right." Because what she means is, Caitlin has a huge sweet tooth and like loves all of the desserts indiscriminately. So when yeah. we're going to get dessert, I always get to pick because I don't really, like, I'm not as motivated. So if something sounds really good to me and she likes everything, why shouldn't I get to pick? Mm. And so movies are sort of the same thing because I like all movies and she, you know, is more selective. So it makes sense that if we want to do something together and enjoy something together, then the more um, the more selective person should get to choose because they'll, they'll enjoy it. And if she's enjoying it, then I'll enjoy it. Ah. Uh. Yeah, so it's a loss because I don't get to go see movies. But <laughs> also, I mean, I, I now live with my mother, so I can go see movies with my mom, which would be great. Well, and your um, mom likes movies and TV. Yeah, my mom likes movies the way that I do, although she yeah. likes even more than I do. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So it's a loss, but, like, it's It's a loving, least... lighthearted loss. It's a loving, lighthearted loss. It's an yeah. acceptance. I accept that this is <laughs> where we are and how things will be. She's totally worth it. 
I know. So, she really is. Yeah. Mark Mark loves movies, but one, he always is trying to get me to watch movies from the 70s. And, like, I'm not. <laughs> I, what? Boy Why does born, he know about? <laughs> because he is the youngest of four boys, and he was born in 1989, and his oldest brother was born in, like, 1971 or some <laughs> shit. So... Um, and he was raised on movies from the 70s because his parents, his, his parents, last weekend, we baby, or two weekends ago, we babysat his nephew and we watched Free Willy on VHS. So I told you this in the last episode that, that yeah. this is because this is all his parents own. Our VHSs. Yes, I love it. I yeah, love it. So, but he, he doesn't like to go to the movies because he sees it as like spending a lot of money. But I, to me, going to the movies is such a fun experience. So. I agree. I agree. And you can go yeah. for Wednesday nights. It's like five bucks. Yeah, I have a solution to all of this, by the way. Oh. We should just be neighbors. Oh my god, and yes. every movie together. <sighs> Katie, don't toy with me. You know that's I know, I can't toy with myself, but now I've thought about it and it's not going to get out of my house. So. Now, you just made everyone sad. Yeah, sorry <laughs> to bring it down, guys. It wasn't the comment about this, <laughs> the Lion King soundtrack, it was that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, okay, well, you win some, you lose some. Yep, you win some, you lose some. Mm. Which brings, brings us, us into next our next segment. We're going to talk about in-laws, that in-law relationship. And I have um, some research on this. Surprisingly, you it is not... I did. It is not not very well researched from, from my um, um, Google searching, which Time I'm sure if you have... PhD. Yeah, right? If you have access to some kind of a Gale library type thing... I don't. You know, I should through, my, through this university that I work for. You know, for. I wonder if I do, but I don't know. I, I always, like, get worried about things I search for on my work computer. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, I'm using it for a fifth grade project. Uh, like, <laughs> yeah. Back when I worked with sex offenders, I could search anything. <laughs> That's true. You could. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Justify it through work. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's just something we talked about in group. Um, okay. Well, I wanted to start with uh, the Tolstoy quote. So in, in ref- referencing in-laws and outlaws, Tolstoy says, happy families are all alike, and every unhappy family is unhappy in its own way. Mm. Which I think is very true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 When you think about happy families, there are certain, like, unalienable, unalienable truths. Things yeah. that are just cornerstones of those family Like what? What do you think those are? Um, okay, so I think a lot of it is shared experience and the sheer volume of time together. Because the happy families that I know are not alike. Like, they're not um, the, alike to each other. Like, the people inside, the characters inside the relationships, the, not characters, yeah. the people inside the relationships, they're not similar. That's not what makes a happy family. But it, but it's shared experiences and, and a shared commitment. What do you always say about married people that you don't need a perfect person, but you need a you need a willing willing person? person. Yeah, right. I it's so that's funny that you say that because I would never consider my family. I would never describe my family as a happy family, but I am so happy with my family. I love my family. We all love each other, but we're not like um we don't spend time together. We don't really. Yeah. Like, we don't. We're not each other's first choice. <laughs> but we. I mean, some, we're getting better now that we're older. But like, right. my parents were split up when I was young, and right. like, my brother and I are super different. Although we're getting like we're best buddies now. Although he's moving to Colorado on Saturday, so see ya. Um, <laughs> see you never, Corbett. <laughs> yeah, that was random. Um, but I would not describe us as a quote happy family. Although right. I would say that we do have. What we have is it's unconditional. That's what is it. That's what's in our family. It's un, we are unconditionally loving each other. So, what do you constantly. think of when you think about happy families? 
spending time together. Okay. Um, like, the fact that your family got together to do, a, like, a fucking a Harry Potter mystery party. Oh, my like, God. We're so cute. Yeah, I know. My family would be like, you're a fool. <laughs> and also, like, why would we ever spend two hours together? Like, why? Yeah, Again, yeah. Two hours, I would be crying. My dad would be like, get out. My stepmom would be furiously vacuuming. My mom would be drunk. Like, <laughs> So what? <laughs> Wait, I can see this really, really clearly. Yeah, we um, all have our quirks. Ed would just leave. Ed yep. would be like, I'm not I can't this. handle I have, this. I have good boundaries. <laughs> yep, I got to go. I got to get out. Um, okay, well, even if you wouldn't describe your family as happy, as a happy family, could you say that there are happy relationships inside your family? Oh, beyond. Yes. We so all I think, deeply love each other. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's, I think Tolstoy was writing this in a time, well, first of all, in Russia, and there's just not a lot of options in terms of family structure. You get what you get and you don't mm. get upset. Um, and <laughs> it's just we how it here. is. No one's yeah. dead. Happy family. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or only one person is dead. Still happy. Only one in the gulag. Happy family. Yeah, exactly. Great. So I think, I don't know, it's funny because I don't, like, I read this quote and it, like, I think things about sometimes that make me bristle at first, then I, like, reread and really think. And I think that there are still, possi- there's still possibilities of happy relationships inside, like, broken family units, you know? Mm-hmm. Or non-traditional family units, right? Like- yeah, or un- Oh, or or unhappy sounds like it's actively unhappy. But if you're thinking about a, something that's just not actively happy, like the, fa- ha- the family relationship might not be actively happy. Mm-hmm. It's like cha- a chaotic neutral fan- family structure. It's a chaotic neutral, exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's exactly what my family is, chaotic neutral. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't, I don't think I would describe my family as like, we are like certainly, happy is a funny word. I don't know or if we would if I would describe us. I no, I do think that we I would describe us as happy, but I think also there's a lot of complexities. I guess happy family structures just they transcend complexity. So there are there's allowed space for unhappy pockets and parts and even interactions, but the whole family unit and I do think my family works best when we're all together. Yeah. And there's certainly family structures, like like smaller family groupings that can happen that will work. But I think when we're all together, there's just like an energy that is there, you know? Uh, yeah. You know, I think that the, the word that I keep coming back to in my mind is unconditional, right? Like, yeah. no matter what, that's... It's the it's the clear blue sky behind the clouds that we can always have like disagreements or tensions or like moments of like I'm I'm not into you and I don't want to be around you um, or like I disagree with you and yet behind all of that if there was something important they would be there in a good absolutely way. they would they in a absolutely good way, would. not like in a selfish narcissistic way no I, and also I and I think that's something that's that's tr- proved well and then I think okay so in transitioning in this and thinking about our own families and then how we incorporate other another family into our relationship into our lives um Okay, so here's some of the research, which is interesting. Now, it's it's worth noting, this this research, I'll put the link in the show notes. Um, it comes from the Ber- Berner Hanley Scholar Fund and the Center of Aging, Center on Aging and the Life Course at Purdue um, and from the National Institute on Aging. The study was done with 60, so it was 60 straight couples. Um, it was all in their first marriages. And um, they completed interviews prior to and then six to eight months following the wedding to kind of get a... Uh, read on the and the terminology they use is the ties in the family. Mm. So um, 
a couple of things to note. People who believed their ties with their in-laws would be positive did end up developing strong ties. Likewise, those with negative expectations anticipated problems materialized. So, uh, so that just seems like it makes sense to me. That's absolutely so like that which you manifest is before you. So true. The art of racing in the rain. Um, okay. So they also talk about how brides and grooms and their future mother-in-laws may, it may approach this tie or this relationship with distinct expectations, emotions, and behaviors due to their generation, gender, and individual characteristics, obviously. But they talked a lot about how the ties differed by generation and that Typically, the older generations put more value on the in-law tie than the incoming generation, which Mm -hmm. was, um, I think, another thing that's like, oh, it's just interesting to think about. Was it my, I don't know if that was my personal experience, but we'll get into that. But I think it's, I think I can see that, you know, that the the older generation may want, may have more invested in this, in this tie. Well, I noticed that in my in-laws, my, my in-laws, my family in-law so when I, I think people say in-laws, let's define some term here, terms here. People say in-laws yeah. and they mean their mother and father-in-law. My family in-law, meaning mm-hmm. my my mother and father-in-law and the younger Brothers-in-law set. and yeah. sister-in-laws. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, out of them, I would say, like, the way that that family structure is set up is could not be more opposite than my family. And... They, the priority on, like, I would say that a family ethic for them is that family is the most important thing. And I wouldn't, I would never hear those words out of anybody in my family's mouth. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that's been an interesting thing for me. But especially, I think that for my mother and father-in-law, the relationship with me and, and the girls... And I'll talk about, like, so Mark is one of four boys. And so, when I say the girls, I mean... They're all straight, so all us. Yeah. Um, Because family is the most important thing to my mother and father-in-law, the focus on us, like my mother-in-law calls me her daughter, and and I call her mom. Like, she encourages me to call her mom. And Mm -hmm. so, like, and that was weird for me at first, but now she's, like, she's, I love That's what she is. Yeah, she's mom to me. Sometimes I'll call her mom B, but, like, even that's weird. So, um, yeah, that is, that's definitely her doing it's not mine she is the one who set that tone yeah 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 which lines up with the research yeah and I I feel I'm happy to step into that place because I feel loved you know it it doesn't feel smothering to me and she gives us space so (laughs) okay also in 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 terms of um you use the term smothering in in like an antithesis of what your mother-in-law is but they did actually go into to when we were talking earlier about um, people with negative expectations going in and receiving negative results and the vice and vice versa. Right. They also talked about how it's notable. They said it's notable that anticipated problems with regard to autonomy and boundaries were not associated with the subsequent qualities of the tie. So if they had, if you are a person that has fear or this, this, the people in this study, if they had fears about how to, um, remain autonomous and have good boundaries with their in-laws, those fears did not actually materialize into negative relationships because those so things like, are super fucking important. What do you mean? Like, like fears about boundaries were healthy fears about things that, well, this, uh, this is an extrapolation. This is, but the research is saying that when they, when they took account of people's 
um, fears and negative expectations of the family ties. Mm-hmm. The the ones that did not actually pan. A lot of them, if you had a lot of overwhelming negative fears oh. about the relationship, you might end up with a negative relationship. But things that did not, if you, once they controlled happen. for this, it did not happen if it were. Uh, if it was, if your fears were about autonomy and boundaries, I bet you the reason for that is because when we're afraid of something, we're paying attention to it. But like Betsy, my mother-in-law, was always—I'm sure she was always afraid of. She loves us, and if left to her own devices, and could she control things, we would be around literally constantly. Mm-hmm. I would be her best friend. I would be at the house all the time. She adores her children, and then adores us because she now has girls in her life. So, but because she knows that in herself, Betsy's extremely self-aware. Betsy and Sandy would get along, I think. Uh-huh. Um, Betsy, because she knows that about herself, I think she's been very careful to be like, you're invited, but it's totally okay if you don't come. Oh. And so, so I think that that's why, that like fears yeah. about boundaries make people more cognizant of it. If you yeah. don't have fear about boundaries, then like, if you're not aware of like, this person needs their space, I don't want to violate them. Yeah. Then... Well, yeah, absolutely. And I think that's something real. it's that's, that reading that was very uh, reassuring to me because I'm a person that um, tends to be more of a people pleaser and I sometimes get myself into trouble in the area of boundaries. And so realizing that actually having a fear of boundaries or putting boundaries in place can actually improve your relationships or, or at least won't make them worse is, was very enlightening. Can I just say a little quick thing on boundaries just to clarify if anybody here doesn't know what a boundary is? Uh-huh. Um, boundaries, basically just to boil it down, there, there are literally books on boundaries. So to boil it down to just a sound bite, it's the ability to water your own lawn and not expect anybody else to water their lawn and not feel bad about not watering anybody else's lawn. So like I can say no and feel comfortable with that, that it's my own, that I don't, it's not right for me. I can't come over tonight. I can say no to that. And then my mother-in-law can say, okay, that's your choice. And I respect that. So it's, it's a two way street with boundaries, but it's not about saying, I don't like you. You can't be close to me. And I think yeah. some people might misinterpret that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Some people in my life have misinterpreted that in the past. So <laughs> I feel the need to clarify. <laughs> yeah. Uh, family. It's good stuff. It's, yeah, right? Good stuff. Yeah. Um, okay, I have like a couple more. Actually, just two more. One is just like a random factoid. Um, talking about the closeness of relations, relationships. Um, obviously, they talked about time, which we'll get into. But they did say that distance and things like that might affect the ability to get together with in-laws in person. And I thought it was interesting that they talked about how higher levels of education of, like, the parties involved are associated with both increased distance between generations and increased support exchanges. So moving farther apart can actually be you, – you have more sometimes more opportunities to exchange support. Mm, but the, what about education? That education was associated both with more opportunities or more increased support exchanges and with increased distance because, you know, I guess maybe if you have higher education, you might have more job opportunities or different kinds of varied job opportunities in different parts of the world and mm-hmm. so or the country. And so then maybe you move farther apart from your in-laws, but that was also if you had higher education, you also had even higher increased support exchanges even when controlled for the distance. To me, that just seems like a difference between like modern is like modern relationships and like more traditional relationships. Like, you know, fifty, a hundred years ago, all families lived really close right down to the each street. other. Yeah, mm-hmm. and now 
and, it, and also, it was rare for people to have higher education. Now, in addition to higher education being more popular, people are more spread out and like a little bit more autonomous. But it's interesting to me that those folks might be more, they might have more support opportunities. Yeah. Well, I think, and that doesn't, that wasn't necessarily connected with the distance, but it was connected with the higher levels of education. Why do you think that is? Like, if you had to hypothesize, what's your opinion on that? I think that, okay, well, and I might be interpreting, I might be misinterpreting this, but I think that when you are thinking about higher education, oftentimes that means exposing you to more varied viewpoints. And sometimes that gives you an appreciation. I think even speaking from myself, my own personal lens, and come and thinking about education made me like widen my worldview a little bit and left it, I think in doing that gave me a little more space and a little more appreciation so for things that I know. Yeah, and things completely it, agree. Bachelor's degree in English, useless in terms of a job. Very useful in terms of expanding worldview. Yes, absolutely. And like reading people and all that. Which is not to say that that's the only way to get like that kind of, of a worldview. Like I don't necessarily think that higher yeah. education, I not, I don't necessarily, I don't think that higher education is like the, the only, only way, way to, to expand your worldview. Absolutely. Right. It's not, it's not, but I'm just saying from my own experience, I know that my higher education opened my worldview and gave me a greater appreciation for, um, my relationships, my more familial relationships, and now kind of in my in-law relationships as well. Yeah. I'm wondering also, too, if there's there's a correlation between higher, like, between college degrees and socioeconomic, like, income and yeah. support opportunities, meaning, like, okay, my dad has a postgraduate degree. My dad's more likely to be able to write me a check, you know, or, like, oh, support true. me if I get sick. That's um, true. I'm glad my dad, my dad will never yeah. listen to this because he would be offended if I said that. But like, yeah, 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 right. I'm not asking you for money, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and I think, but I think the 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 term, and I could go back in the study and look this up, but I I want to say that the term in this case was support exchanges was talking about like phone calls and like oh. um, the way that yeah, so like the way like if you're you know I don't know how to like make a turkey or whatever you know whatever it is. Um, mm. Yeah, I don't know. That's but that's interesting. It's a good point. You know, in my family, at least, and Mark's mother is. If I was in a crisis here, she's the first person I would call. The closest thing I've ever experienced to a crisis here, if you recall, can you guess what I'm about to say? Closest thing you ever experienced. Not an emotional crisis, but a physical crisis. I call oh. you. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. When yes. I had food poisoning, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I, I. Those listeners who've had food poisoning, I don't need to describe this to you, but, like, it was humiliating and terrible, and, like, it's upsetting for me to think about it now. I've never had food poisoning before. I had food poisoning on the last day of my job that I just quit in the beginning of the summer, and the only person that made me feel better, other than you, and you, God bless you, were, like, texting me all morning and talking to me <laughs> on the phone and also being like, I'm sorry you're sick. Yeah, um, but I'm sorry. my mother-in-law, like... Betsy, if I was in a crisis, emotional or physical here, the first person I would go to is Betsy. And so she, I seek her for support. But for Mark, Mark and my mom share a profession. My mom is a teacher. Or she's she doesn't teach anymore, but she was a teacher. And so my mom offers Mark a lot of support because of their shared profession, even though my mom lives in Florida. So I, I don't know that it, like for me, Betsy and I live... Like, I could jog to her house if I was in the mood for an ambitious jog. And um, 
and Betsy, like, it's not about, I don't know, it's just talking about opportunities for support. I think that Mark yeah. and my mom, they share that thing in common, whereas there's just something that Betsy's just a saint. <laughs> so. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Oh, my, I was just thinking about how my mother-in-law just called me to tell me that so we were there this weekend, and then she called me today, and to tell me that the leaves on the trees were so beautiful that I just needed to come and visit again, and then she was like, okay, bye, and then just, like, hung up, and, like, it That's was just a such a pleasant exchange. You and your mother-in-law, right? It's Very like much a new thing. Sweet, loving conversations, and I that makes my heart sore. I love mine that. too. I know. I feel like okay, we'll get into all that, but I have one more less okay. factoid that I think is very important. So, okay, in so, so the findings involving contact with future in, in laws, and they says they say revealed interesting complexities. Having more contact in general was associated with lower positive relationship quality and increased negative relationship quality after marriage. This finding is surprising because more contact is typically associated with increased intimacy and positive feelings. Um, and then they go on to talk about um, individual contact was associated with individual contact with the, was associated with more positive feelings about the relationship after the wedding. Hmm. Uh, and they talk about the triadic nature of the in-law relationship because it's your relationship with your partner, your partner's relationship with your parent, their parent, and the par- their parent's relationship with you. So it's like that triad of a relationship. Yeah. But it's interesting to think about how um, more contact in general, lower pos- lower relationship quality, but more individual contact, higher relationship quality. I Yep, totally believe. Like, yeah. we're smothering you. You need to be assimilated to our family versus I care about you as an individual. Yeah, and I just want to tell you that the leaves are really pretty right now. Oh, versus like you have a responsibility. Right, mm-hmm. right. That I need you to just be part of our, yeah. like the lump into our family rather than like I'm valuing you as an individual. Right, relationship versus obligation. Yeah. Wow, very interesting. Also interesting Isn't it? that this comes from like the Council on Aging. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know how they got that funding. I'm, it would be interesting to like sit in on that board meeting and <laughs> find out. Yeah. I don't why know did there's... the Council on Aging feel like this was what they needed to take on? Yeah, right. Out of all of the, the problems affecting elderly today. I tell really you. Just like their relationship with their daughter-in-laws. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Somebody was having a tough time with their in-laws. Well, why don't you tell me about your time with your in-laws? Yeah. Okay. Well, just a little background. So, um, okay. I am Caitlin's first um, visible queer relationship. She was first wife. I was like, yes, first wife. (laughs) Indeed. Yep. That maybe the best will be better. First and (laughs) last will be better. First and last. First and last. Um. Yeah. So. She was out to her parents and in a queer relationship before me, but they were very much presented as roommates, and I don't think the family had to really deal. Well, number one, they weren't very um, involved. Like, they didn't go visit home very often. And number two, when they did, they could pass as just, they were not, like, touchy-feely. They were just kind of like roommates. So there was, like, that element rolled rolled into, um, kind of felt like a lot of, coming out stuff that they were kind of dealing with 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 me um we had a kind of a little bit of a bumpy start uh, but we're definitely finding our rhythm now and I think that that I that I'm starting to be part of the family and I sort of met the family at a time that was like a crossroads they were re, re- reevaluating a lot of things um there had been some like family structure changes and we had just they and and tra- they were just trying to figure out how do you transition from having kids to having like 
grown independent adults. So that was something that I think my family had gone through um, because I have an in-law, but they had, well, it's a complex situation, but they just hadn't really figured out like how to do the, my child is now a, a married adult with like the whole separate thing yet. So I was kind of part of that whole process. Um, and we're definitely, (laughs) okay. The last week I recommended Corkle, that board game. So I'm officially going to be like this, like board game nut, but I truly believe that that's one of the things that has really helped us find this rhythm that we're in. And now the parent, Caitlin, my in-laws, my mother and father-in-law and Caitlin and I, um, actually have spent like some weekends away and there's like some things that we really enjoy doing together just the four of us um they were like teen parents and they definitely didn't have um like a lot of opportunity because they were raising children really young and so they didn't have a lot of opportunities to like be young newlywed type people because they had a baby (laughs) and then more babies um so now we kind of get to be that role for them and that's really fun for us and and the board games are really fun to do all together. Um, interestingly, Caitlin's relationship with my family is quite different, which is not something anyone saw coming because in terms of coming out, I had a very rough time um, because my family is very religious. And so we had a lot of things that we really had to work through. Um, and I, I had other girlfriends that came home and that, that, that my family met. Um, but there's something about Caitlin, and I don't know if it's just her like person like her incredible personality and all of the things that she stands for or if it's the fact that like I think my parents saw me with a lot of people that weren't quite right for me and then seeing right. me with Caitlin the happiness and the joy that she brings to me plus she's a very easy person to get along with yeah. um she my mom is very entertained by her and really adores her and she Caitlin is definitely the only person that live ever like really listens to my dad which is really nice right. for him I think that they have a nice relationship well, in Caitlin's that super close with her dad so I imagine it's like easy to huh. transfer that I don't know why I never made that connection before huh. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just really I'm good at this stuff <laughs> yeah you it's like you should be a therapist or something yeah. um yeah no I think that's really true and as I previously mentioned, we are currently living with them um, while Caitlin finishes up school. And it's been honestly easier than expected. I think just the transition has been very smooth. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. that's our sort of in-law structure. What What's it like to love the Bings? Oh, boy. Um, well, I would say, like I just mentioned earlier, that my family and Mark's family are so different. So Mark's parents are married still. I married still. Um, I say that obviously in contrast to my parents who are not. Um, but his, he is one of four and they live down the street. His parents do. Um, they live in the same school district. Um, yeah, they're, they're close. Uh, he, so do all four of his brothers. So we're very close to all of Mark's family, um, physically and also emotionally. I, feel so I have always wanted let me caveat this by saying I love his parents I love his brothers I've always my entire life wanted sisters but now that I have sisters and I think of my sister-in-laws as my sisters um they're some of the best friends I've ever had has it always been like that from the moment I met them from the moment I love love my brother-in-laws too like I have separate relationships with all of them they're just Every single person in the Binghamans is a good, good person. And I would choose to be their friends, um, even if they were not my family. So, and I I look forward to family get-togethers because they're all there and it's like a time to be around them. 
I don't feel judged by them. Um, it's just, it's a really healthy situation. It is weird to me that I see Mark's family more times in one month sometimes than I see my entire family in a year. Yeah. And I, that's strange to me. Part of it is because we live here, but also part of it is because like, I like to joke that Mark's family like literally celebrates Arbor Day. Like they get together for (laughs) any occasion and they get together for everybody's individual birthday. Yeah. There's, there's, that's how my family is. And that is not how Caitlin's family is. Yeah. It's strange. Although we're turning them into that. Okay. Well, in, in Mark's family, it's, it's 10 total people. So that's 10 times, that's 10 birthdays, plus that's the holidays. Yeah, plus the holidays, plus, like, every time one of the nephews has, like, a, a recital or something. Right. So good. My family, my mom and my, or my dad and my stepmom live in Richmond. They are much more my peers. When Mark and I go and hang out with them, we're hanging out. Like, we go for drinks, we go for dinner, we talk about things. Like, I tell my dad he's ridiculous. He tells me that I'm stupid and emotional. I say this, my father and I are extremely close. This is just how we talk to each other. Um, <laughs> and, like, we tip, we get into arguments and, like, we say swear words in front of each other. And, like, my dad makes sex jokes. And, like, we're, we're peers. Um, we're very much peers. With the Binghamans, we're not so much peers. You know, we're like, I still feel very much like they're my my parents or like Mark's right. parents. Um, not that they would discipline him ever, but that they, we wouldn't talk. I would talk to my dad and my stepmom about anything, anything. Right. Um, and there are certain things, and I and not only would I talk to them about anything, I talk to them in any way like I use slang I I like roll my I'm very Katie around them and it's not that I'm not Katie around my in-laws it's just that I'm I'm a little bit more for like I'm I treat them like parents right Um, exactly they're also older they're almost my my father-in-law is almost 70 and my dad is about to be sick like they're 10 years older than my parents so right I was really close with Alex's family. So Alex is, I, I talked about Alex in our last episode. Alex is my other really close friend. He was my man of honor. Um, I have been really close with Alex's family since I was 17. So it was easy for me to assimilate into a family because mm-hmm. I feel like a member, when I'm around Alex's family, I feel like a member of their family. So it was very easy for me to assimilate into that um, where I imagine that some people where they weren't, were you ever close with a partner's family before Caitlin? Like, did you ever have a close relationship with somebody's family? A partner? No, but friends, yeah. 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 Um, do you think that that, like, prepared you for, like, a, an in-law type relationship? I think the Aversas are a specific kind of, they, they really are a very close nuclear family, and they don't have a ton of extended family, and they, they don't really have people over to their house. And so just the addition of an, another person, I think, was a very new experience. It was a change. It was a shift, yeah. It was a shift. And I think, um, I don't know, maybe it's just my own, my own lens. But yeah. I'm just thinking, like, I, I think it was probably more about their kind of comfort level with me and and also I'm just then a very different comfort level with them yeah I'm a very different energy you know I'm a very different person I'm I have different you know all those things that make up a person how they spend their time are different because theirs are all this are similar because they spend so much time together as like a nuclear family unit yeah so yeah yeah 
I don't know. That is, it's interesting to think about your relationship to your in-laws in terms of how willing they are to accept you. Yeah. Yes. And I think and now, that... you know, of course, like how long have you and Caitlin been together now? Four years? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been four, four years. Four years and one month today. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like fully married now. So there's, you're, we're not going anywhere. And like, and me and Mark too. And so like, it's really good that I've heard stories of families that are like, not, not adjustments in terms of personalities and vibes and, and arrangements, but like, I don't want you in this family. And so I'm going to resist you. And we're really lucky that that neither of us had that experience. No, I definitely would not. I would say our, our experience, like my experience becoming an Aversa was definitely not without its bumps, but that, that was never the vibe. Like it was well, well, that was never the the overall vibe. Yeah, like that might have been a feeling yeah. that you got, but that was never like an intention or like the the situation necessarily. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I think ultimately, the thing that I always try to remember is the we have the most important thing in the world in common, and Caitlin. no matter yeah, and no matter how different I might have felt or might still feel at times. The thing, the the truth of it is, like the the proof that I will show them is is my, the next seventy years of our lives. Yeah, and and that's something I think that that help, has helped me to like kind of calm down and in those times where I do feel a little maybe like I don't fit in, just understanding. Well, you know, and I think it's already made such. There's already been such a big change between where things started and and where we are now. But mm-hmm. that's the the narrative I think that it's important to keep reminding myself of. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and I think sometimes I say to Betsy, um, I really like your son. <laughs> and, like, I think that she likes that, that I'll say things to her like that. Like, you really, yeah. like, I really like that person. Because she's like, oh, my God, me too. Yeah. And, and so, like, <laughs> I also really like him. Exactly. Because when you say that, like, you have the most important thing in common, I totally feel that. And I try to draw that to the surface with my mother-in-law all the time by telling her just, like. That's smart. This is, yeah, right? Like. I'm just going to call my mother-in-law tomorrow and be like, Jeannie, I really like your daughter. Yeah. Just like you raised a really <laughs> cool person. And like, and I say that to Betsy all the time. I'll be like, oh, here's my favorite thing about Mark. And I know that he got that from you. And like, and it's true. Like Mark, his best quality, everybody who knows Mark knows this, is that Mark doesn't know. Mark has never, Mark doesn't see the bad in people ever until I to- tell him what's bad. <laughs> like, yeah. he, he has never met somebody that he hasn't liked, ever. Yeah. Like, he just, he finds the good in people immediately. And that's how Betsy is, too. And he gets that from her. That she just, she assumes that people are safe and loving and good and that they want to be connected with. And Mark assumes that as well. And, like, until I tell him, like, that person's stupid. And then he'll be like, oh, I guess I kind of see that. <laughs> Yeah. Um, which I'm, I'm so delightful to be around. So. Yes. Yeah, you really are. Um, so I have a question for you. I do. I what, have an answer. What is your favorite thing about being uh, a member of the Aversa family? What's my favorite thing? Um, there is an element of listening that I think comes from Caitlin's dad, um, who is a fascinating person and he's one of my favorites, but, 
and we don't talk about the same things. And Caitlin is very much a black sheep in her family, and she and she has always said that she's like her family has um, always commented that oh, Caitlin's always got her nose in a book, like she's a nerd and whatever, and that's just very much Caitlin's thing. It's very mm-hmm. much my thing, but it's not Caitlin's family's thing. Mm-hmm. So I I have often found myself like trying to talk about something that I think is important and. Um, it doesn't go over the way I think it will. But then I noticed that Caitlin was talking to her dad on Sunday about cleaning off her windshield with goo gone because she had gotten a state inspection and the sticker had left some gunk on the windshield. Right. And I had never seen, like, I love my dad dearly, but he is not, nobody would accuse him of being a good listener. I have never seen anyone listen to another person as intently as he was listening to her talk about her cleaning off her windshield and there's like an element of that I think that comes from her dad in all of them that I think is really neat that's awesome whereas my family my family tends to be a little more like we are very like joke uh, like comedy like just always like mess around and like yeah like somebody will make a joke and then we just all run with it forever and like so there's almost an element of like trying to get a word in edgewise and nobody would want to hear about your like windshield gunk you know yeah yeah wow that's nice i'm so happy to like that's a really that's wonderful yeah what's your favorite thing about the bingham family you know i was thinking about it as as i asked you that question i was thinking about it it comes back to that word that i was saying earlier it's unconditional like there's nothing that i could do that would be that would make them not love me yeah i i really believe that and like I don't think I have that with anybody in my life other than my own parents so yeah especially my mother-in-law there's nothing that I could do that would make her not love me um just even if Mark and I divorced which you know team never divorced but like you know she because it comes back to that she loves all people for who they are um and that's part of her faith and like she's a woman of very deep faith and in a in a good way um yeah and like she would never ask me to be anything other than exactly who I am, and she loves me for who I am. And I believe, and, like, because of that, we have a very intimate, close relationship. I'm, I feel, like, emotional. I haven't really t- talked about that before, but, like, I feel I'm so incredibly close to my mother-in-law. I feel really yeah. close about that. Oh, so. that's wonderful. Yeah. Okay, well, do you Not think we've talked enough about in-laws? I do. Yeah. I do. What, are you, what are you recommending this week? Okay, well, I... It's officially okay to say this because it's now November 1st, but Ingrid Michaelson has a new album out called Songs for the Season, and it's all Christmas music. And Caitlin and I, I know, my girl. And Caitlin and I always take this drive. It's interesting. We haven't lived in Virginia Beach very long, but the only time we ever drive from Virginia Beach to New Jersey is always on Christmas because we wake up and spend Christmas morning with my family, get in the car, drive to New Jersey, and spend Christmas um, dinner with Caitlin's family. So there's always this like six hour period on Christmas where we listen to Christmas music and and drive up um, the coast and do all, you know, it's our own little like Christmas celebration. Mm -hmm. And so because we were making that same drive for the first time that wasn't on Christmas, Mm. um, we ended up listening to this, this, uh, it was actually the same day that the album uh, was released. So it's wonderful and it's been really fun to listen to and sing along to together. Mm. Um, And the Marriage Minute holiday rituals thing, uh, that was one of them. And my tertiary recommendation is, I think it's also from Gottman Institute, um, 10 Questions Happy Couples Ask. It's great conversation for 
a six-hour drive to New Jersey or wherever you're driving to. Wow, sounds like a really healthy marriage therapy session that you guys had in your car. We really, really did. The car really, really did. I recommend car trips with your partner. I do. I do. Oh my gosh, yes. Um, so like tacking on a recommendation to your recommendation, the same mm-hmm. day that Ingrid al- Ingrid's album came out, the Pen- the new Pentatonix Christmas Christmas oh, album ooh. came out. Okay, it's good. It's really good. They do um a vocal version of Walls of the Flowers, which is so beautiful and like highly recommend they also do um making christmas from um nightmare before christmas i don't know if you were raised on that like i was but um it's no because it's too puppety uh, yeah i mean i didn't realize it was puppety when i was watching it when i was young i just thought it was spooky and i like spooky things so (laughs) um which leads me into my recommendation so I'm going to go with a different holiday, the one that was yesterday and not the okay. one that's over a month and almost two months away. <laughs> um, Listen. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, excuse me. There's Chris, Look, I was listening to Christmas music over the summer. I am not one of those people that wants it to. It has been a hard two years. Take your I know. Joy you take your joy. I, okay, literally that was my response. I texted Tina the other day about listening to Christmas music, and she was like, oh, my God. And then I was like, listen, it makes me happy. And she was like, okay, then by all means do it because we need to be happy. Yeah, it's been a fucking terrible two years. Don't make fun yeah. of me for the shit that I like. Uh-huh. Um, so is I am reading the spookiest book right now that is so interesting, and I'm not finished with it, so I don't know if I can, like, check in with me later and see if I still endorse it, but it's called Baby Teeth. Have you heard of this okay. book? No. It's brand new, um, or at least it has the new sticker from my library. Um, it <laughs> is about a woman who has a child who has behavioral issues that manifest themselves in a kind of spooky way. And she's not sure if her daughter is like paranormal-ish or if she's going crazy or if they're just behavioral issues. And Ooh. it's it's kind of the title or like the, the quote on the front says that it's um, – it's the omen meets gone girl and it's really i agree with that Ooh, so far okay I'm a like, nice uh, spooky uh, yeah. halloween novel yeah i've i've had it for 2 days and um I'm really far into it, which I'll be honest with you, I've been reading when I should be doing case notes at work, but <laughs> I'm fully focused where it counts. Yes, <laughs> so, exactly. So um, true. But I do recommend um, for people that want like, and it's it's kind of like a pulpy book. Like it's it's well written and it's not like distractingly, it's, it's not, the writing is not distracting at all, but um, it's definitely an easy read. So if you're okay. into anything remotely spooky, I'm, I love you and I'm loving this, but I'm really excited to get off and like read. Yeah, so. right. Aren't we all? Hey, hey. Yeah. Um, also, I just realized that Millie has not given our, our listeners any time to drink. She hasn't because my husband has been asleep in the bed, sleeping off day after after Halloween sadness. Although I did hear one of the dogs in your house bark a little earlier. Oh, oh, I wonder. Oh, yeah, that was because I put down my mug of um, mulled wine and And my lovely dog. Yep, exactly. Yeah. You yeah. know, you're well, a dog you were mom. talking and I didn't want to be like, drink, but we were already, yeah. both of us were already drinking. So. Yeah, <laughs> retroactively, everybody gets to drink. <laughs> I love that, that that's our thing now, that when the dogs bark, we drink. Yeah, that's I think a, it's great. That we have a little tradition. First tradition of the podcast. First tradition okay. of well, Christmas. If you like this, um, and you, uh, or if you just like us, um, we recommend. But you should, we're great. 
Yeah, we are. And we're going to get shorter at this, I, I have a feeling, as we tighten this up. So, um, Although my, my field research tells me that nobody ever wishes their podcasts were shorter. Because I was talking about that with, with uh, my in-laws. That's yeah. the really good way to tie that up with the in-laws yeah. and the comment that I just made. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. I just feel self-conscious yep. about it. But I, I work on, like, shame and worthiness and stuff like that. So thank you for validating me. Thank you. Laura. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but we, so, you're right. We'll keep it tight. We'll make sure everything is valuable. That, well, and also we'll, what we'll try to do is just remember that we're not just talking to each other on the phone. Right. That's, <laughs> so, it, that's tough. Um, I miss you. And I feel I like miss I'm going to talk to you for hours. I know we could. Okay. Well, if you want to continue talking to us, if you want to keep the conversation going, where can you find us, Lauren? You, you can send us an email at spouse at gmail.com. If you feel like there's a topic you want us to cover or if you have a, a point you want to make or you want to send us a... Uh, a funny marriage story. Marriage is ridiculous. Please. Tell oh, us I would about love it. that. Please tell us your funny marriage stories. Or like oh, how yes. you guys met, or like how you think about like you and your in laws. Yeah, I would love to hear. We would love to hear all of that. Um, you can also find us on Twitter or Instagram at at How Do I Spouse. Um, yeah. And yeah, and that's our show. That's our show. I'll see you next week, Lauren. Love I'll ya. see you next week. Love you too. Bye. <laughs>